Hey everybody, welcome back to Pod Lasso Talking Ted with Jess and Logan. I'm Logan. And I'm Jess. And we're going to talk Ted Lasso. Yay. Season 1, Episode 3, Trick Crim, The Independent. <laughs> um, so if you haven't watched the show or this episode or, uh, you know, we're going to spoil at least this episode. We'll probably get into some future spoilery stuff towards the end of the episode. So uh, you shouldn't have to worry too much about that. Um, so I, I think this is probably the episode I've seen the second most. I know we talked about like, <laughs> cause I've, I've rewatched it so many times, but yeah. I adore this episode. Um, but to start with a question, like we've been doing, there's a moment where uh, early in the episode, Ted comes in and is talking to uh, Rebecca and says, uh, gives her this like half-assed story about <laughs> visiting a clock and getting <laughs> left. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm curious, like I actually have a, not really a got left story, but it kind of is. I'm wondering, do you, is this a thing that all kids have? That at some point they got left by their parents somewhere accidentally. Oh, that that is a really great question. I don't know that my mom so much as accidentally left me as uh, me and my little brother used to think it was funny to hide from her, <laughs> which as a parent now I'm like absolutely horrified by. Um, and so I... <laughs> terrifying <laughs> I know right I know it's it's awful we were terrible we were the worst kids um, <laughs> but yeah I have I have vivid memories of of us doing that of of like hiding in a department store like beneath a clothes rack and she's like mildly freaking out as we think it's you know hilarious <laughs> uh, that makes me wonder did Ted actually get left or was he like you know wandering around and uh, his parents just couldn't find him for what did he say, like three and a half hours or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was something crazy where he just kind of like wandered off. I mean, because kids do that, which is probably why I keep an eye, hand, and two hands, if possible, on my kids at all times <laughs> because they are the type that will wander off. Um. So. Mine is in similar vein. I don't recall ever being like accidentally left somewhere. But uh, when we were in high school, uh, my brother and I, my uncle had a a Camaro and we thought it would be really cool if he picked us up out front Mm -hmm. of the high school in his Camaro. Mm -hmm. And he used to tell us all the time, like, yeah, just like, let me know and I can just come pick you up and take you home. You know, you know how kids are. So, so we, one of us, I can't remember who, probably me, uh, called him and left a message on his answering machine because this was before cell phones, um, saying, Hey, can you pick us up from school today? Called him from the school. And like, of course we have no way to hear back yes or no. And we're just like, he's going to show up. So we didn't, we didn't ride the bus home where we just hung out in front of the school 
waiting on my uncle to pick us up in his Camaro, who <laughs> never showed. Like, I forget what time high school got out, but it was, I think it gets out at like 3.30. So we were at the school until, I don't know, probably 5.30 or 6. <laughs> like, because nobody knew where we were. Yeah. And like, we got into like a, a fight about it because like we're both like stressed and mad and like you know how that is um and so like we got into a fight uh (laughs) verbal and somewhat physical and it was it was an absolute mess eventually my mom showed up she was furious at us um (laughs) but uh yeah that was uh was really stupid (laughs) oh yeah no, I have a similar high school story like that. Did some a school got out early for some reason, decided without telling my mom, also before cell phones, that I was uh I didn't I just didn't tell her that I was gonna go home on the bus with my friend instead of go home on the bus, you know, to my own house. And uh, eventually called her like three hours later and I was like, Oh yeah, I came over to so and so's house. Can you come pick me up? And she's like, Where have you been? <laughs> whoops you mean I didn't call of course I knew I didn't call (laughs) yeah and and then like it's so funny because like I see my uh nieces do similar things now and Mm -hmm. I'm just like what is wrong with you and I'm like oh wait I was stupid too (laughs) like all kids are you just you're you you don't exist in the real world like you think everything's gonna I don't know how many times I've heard one of my nieces say I can go do this it's going to be fine and I'm like this could go wrong in 800 different ways and like <laughs> the worst of which is you're kidnapped and never seen again so <laughs> you know no you're not you can't just like run off and like eh, it'll be fine you know like, but as a kid, like, that's the way, I mean, we used to walk, like, I, I don't know, it had to be, like, a good six or, well, maybe only, like, three or four miles to a Walmart that was close to the house that we lived, crossing, like, oh, very yeah. busy roads. <laughs> we would do the same things on our, like, bike, we'd get on our bikes, and we would bike for, like, miles. I would go to the park by myself. All the time. I'm like, how was I not kidnapped and murdered? Like, how am I not a true crime statistic right now? Stuff that you would tell your kid, like, no, you're not going to do that. Of course not. I would legit never let my children do that. But that wasn't a thing in the 80s and 90s. It just wasn't. Yeah. And and now we we have so much contact. And it's still, now it's even more like, no, don't go by yourself. I know, right? It's like, even though I can watch your cell phone every step of the way, well, my kids don't have cell phones because they're too little, but you know what I mean? Yes. It's like, no. <laughs> don't even so out. funny. Go down the block to the park <laughs> by yourself. Absolutely not. <laughs> what if someone's there? What if someone takes you? Oh, my gosh. The poor Different Ted sitting, <laughs> sitting at a clock for three and a half hours <laughs> wondering where his parents went. <laughs> oh, only Ted. Uh, that's like the plot for Home Alone 9 or something. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, okay, so the the episode in question, Trent Krim, Independent. Uh, it's a pretty simple like breakdown for the episode. It's just most of it is Trent following Ted around <laughs> just to see <laughs> Ted be Ted. 
Um, but you know, it's interesting how it comes about because we find out that Keeley has an inside person in the paper in these pictures that were going to be published. She got them held for a day. Um, and then they, <laughs> in a, uh, what is it like hoisted on her own petard kind of thing? <laughs> Confront uh, Rebecca and she's like, oh, I can get them pulled. Not knowing she's the one that had them taken. Oh, uh, no. And so she sets up this interview with Trent Krim, um, who we get to spend a lot more time with this episode. And I, I, I know we've talked about, like, I love this dude. Uh, mm-hmm. You love this dude. And, like, Roy just being like, Trent, you're a colossal prick. You always have been. Like, it, it's like, <laughs> but I like him. <laughs> I know. I don't know what it is. Well, okay, I do. After rewatching this episode, I do know what it is about this character that it, I did find endearing. Because, um, like, at first, it's just it's just amusing. Like, he is just falling around Ted almost in, like, disbelief. He's like, how is this guy like this? Like, why does he do these things? You know, it's, it's hysterical to see him questioning, like, Ted's move at every turn. And then, you know, but he's always got, like, a logical, thought-out, considerate reason. And so, like, it kind of starts to win win Trent over. And by the end of the episode, I think what endears me to him so much is his his whole write-up on Ted. Like, that, the whole piece that he ends up doing. So Yeah, like, it's so heartfelt and sweet. And, like, it gets under her skin so <laughs> much. <laughs> I think some of my favorite... These are some of my favorite Rebecca scenes, I think. They're just hilarious because she is just so mad. And I just I just love the way that um, Hannah Waddingham is is playing her. It's so funny to me. I, uh, yeah, I, I, there <laughs> there's a few moments with her in this episode that I'm just like in awe of her, like everything, her everything, <laughs> like her talent, like uh, and be- just be- she's so freaking beautiful, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it is insane. Um, it, the comment about her arms, which she takes, is kind of a slight. But, like, I mean, she looks like she could take... I mean, it's not like muscle builder arms. But, like, she looks like she could swing on somebody and take them down. Like, oh, she's yeah. got some... like. Keely looks like a twig, man. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm jealous of Rebecca's arms. Let's let's be real here. <laughs> um, and then their whole conversation on the couch about uh, Keely's like, that's awfully specific. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> took topless pictures of you. Um, it's pretty funny. I I love Keely's perception or like perceptiveness. Is that a word? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I love just how she knows like the deeper meaning behind everything like she just reads people and rooms and everything so well which i really enjoyed a lot of the foreshadowing for her of what is to come i won't yeah yeah, i was gonna bring that up later yeah i won't say specifically yeah but yeah it does kind of foreshadow like her character arc like all like into season two Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We can dig into the details later if you want um, a little bit before if you want. But yeah, no, I, I enjoyed that a lot. 
Um, the the other kind of big thing in the episode, which also has some foreshadowing, which we can also talk about later, though, is uh, the Nate. Like, this is, like, full-on mm-hmm. bringing Nate into the fold and him kind of beginning to recognize that, A, he's not a garbage person um, and yeah. that he does have some value to the team itself um and and that there are people that like him yeah which is also incredibly sad (laughs) to like say that but yeah but when you consider like i mean where how his character has been treated i mean we get a lot more glimpses of that in this episode uh especially you know with the way like some of the the his i say his teammates but you know some of the the players are, are treating him um oh man yeah you get this is this is the this is the start this is the start of nate <laughs> yeah nate the great uh the what what are the kit man kit man i'm He's like that i cannot remember what they're called kit man i said i was gonna remember it because you brought it up last week mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm gonna remember that i don't remember it um but yeah the the kit man uh calling plays uh but you know like I get Trent's kind of like dismissiveness about it, but like at the same time, um, I mean, I, I don't know how other people feel about it, but like there have been a lot of times I don't do anything remotely close to coaching football. Uh, but there are a lot of times where you're looking at something, you know, is a problem and you cannot get, around it because you only know how to look at it from one way mm-hmm. and bringing somebody in who either knows more about it or doesn't it doesn't matter and just saying hey here's the situation uh, tell me what you think you know it, mm-hmm. it, even if they don't have a perfect plan like it, you can start to see it from like uh, okay i see where maybe that wouldn't work but like adding this to that would also would you know that might work maybe we can do it that way Um, yeah it's more of like a yes and kind of situation you know what i mean have you ever kind of done that where you're trying to like iterate off of other people it's Mm -hmm. the same thing um so yeah it kind of like again like i get the dismissiveness of like this is the guy that you know mixes your gatorade and you're asking him for you know uh, professional plays for a football game but like I, like I, like we're saying like Ted doesn't he doesn't know how to fix the problem because he doesn't know he knows how to coach the the guys but mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't know how to think around the, he doesn't even know what offside is <laughs> I know I know you'll know it when you see it oh such a great quote no, I I still don't get it like I've anytime I've seen that I've been like hey, yeah I don't get it so um <laughs> I. I I'm not gonna try to explain. I'm, I'm not gonna try to explain offsides because y- you know it when you see it. <laughs> but it, it's so uh, not to bring up another sport, but hockey has a similar thing. The last like, man in soccer is the blue line in hockey. I was gonna ask you if you knew offsides it, in hockey. It, it, I, no, I've seen it, and I'm. I, we have a <laughs> hockey team in the town that I live in, which is weird because it's pretty damn hot down here. But we have a hockey team. And yeah. have for, 
a majority of my life. So I've been to tons of games. <laughs> Never understand it. Like, I was just like, how <laughs> was he offsides? I get it in football. Like, I see it. I know where the line is. I know where the ball is. I, I know offsides are false start or whatever. I get it. Don't okay, get so it in explain- any other sports. <laughs> Explain offsides to me in American football, and let me see if I can translate it, because I think I know what it is in American football, but I played soccer slash football, however we're talking about it, and then I'm a big hockey fan as well, so I I get it in those sports. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so where the football is spotted, there Uh is basically an invisible, well, it's an invisible line, but there's markers on either side of the field. Yeah. Saying this is the spot of the ball. Yes. Defense has to be on one side. Offense has to be on the other. Offsides is uh, when anybody on the opposing team crosses that invisible line before the ball is snapped to the quarterback. That's the most basic definition I can think. Okay. So in American football, that's called the line of scrimmage is that correct yes yes okay so the line of scrimmage so it's kind of backwards in american football um compared to like soccer so like the it's it's like the last there there's it's the last defender so the you have to be in front of the last defender before the ball is played or you're offside so if you go past that last defender and then the ball is played you're offsides but if you're before that defender and the ball is kicked, even though you're in front of the ball, it doesn't matter. It's just when the ball is played, you have to be in front of said defender, the last defender on the field. That's offsides. Okay. And it works the same way in hockey, except it's the blue line, not the last defender. Okay. It's kind of backwards from American football. Yeah, because it's <laughs> less about the spot of the ball. It has nothing and, to do. Well, right. it has a little bit to do with the ball. It has a little bit to do with when the ball is played, but it has right. abs- it, it literally makes no difference where the ball is on the field. It's all about the last defender. Just like it's, in hockey, it's about the blue line. It kind of works that way in American football, especially for the defensive side. Um, mm-hmm. Because if they cross the line of scrimmage, but get back before the ball is hiked, then they are not offsides. But they have to be back uh... and set before the... like. The only time they're they're because <laughs> they're trying to get them to jump so that it's a right. false start. But you have to hike the ball. The only time that doesn't apply is uh, I forget specifics, but it's something like abated to the quarterback where like you come across uh, with uh, like such force that like maybe you could be seen as like, I don't want to say attacking. That makes it sound like an actual fight, but like uh, getting to the quarterback. So. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, Cause know, he's it, like defenseless or whatever. Right. And it, well, and it just creates movement, uh, you know, from the offensive line, which they then don't have time to reset. It's all about being set before the ball is snapped. So. Gotcha. Um, yeah, very different. In, yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with uh, any of that in uh, soccer. Or yeah, the, the only remotely similar thing is it has, it does have to do when the ball goes into play. So that's that's it. So or when the puck goes into play, or when the soccer or the foot football goes into play. 
Right. Yeah, but it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be like you can be offside and it not be like on a set piece. Like if you're if you're going down the field to score, that's that's really when it is. It's it's usually what you're trying to catch them in like a transition moment. So like you're, it's usually someone in your back four or possibly like your defensive midfielder has got the ball and they're looking up the field to see where your striker is, and your your striker should be up near the other team's last defender, and you just have to play it properly and time it properly so that the defender stays onside then the ball is played when the ball is played while like play is going on it's not from like a stoppage but they then they can get past that defender and grab the ball of the air and in theory score that's okay that's how that works it's kind of like a a quick transition in basketball like what is that called you know when you you grab it and someone like runs down and does like a layup or whatever yeah i don't like that okay yeah i so i guess welcome to sports um, with jessen logan yeah yeah um I, I watch American football more than I watch anything. So uh, I don't, I probably watch basketball the least amount, which is weird because I don't watch a lot of soccer slash football. Um, but I, I don't, I barely, I watch basketball highlights at most. And usually I'm just like, eh. Um, but yeah, I do get that. So, okay. That makes anyway. a little bit more sense now. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so the the other uh, big big thing in the episode is we so we've been introduced to Roy and we've talked a lot about Roy, mm-hmm. but I really feel like this is the first episode where you get an absolute feeling for who Roy is. Yeah, I like agree. just down the line, his relationship to his family his relationship to the team, like just everything. Like you, you might've liked Roy before now, but like, this is like, Oh, I am in love with this character. Like, Mm -hmm. unless you just hate gruff assholes, but I mean, (laughs) I I don't like, if you do, I like, I don't, if you do, I don't know how you've appreciated much of the pop culture of the last 50 years. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> a lot of it seems to hinge on gruff assholes. <laughs> so a oh, good bit so of them true. played by Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So true. And the many um, Batmans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, Roy is... I, I the, completely this is where i fell in love with the character of roy um he also has my i know i mentioned it maybe in the last episode or the episode before probably my favorite funny moment if not the entire series definitely the season which is his rant with keely (laughs) 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 i I watched this episode twice in the last 24 hours and i was cracking up just like that every time <laughs> it never fails to get me chuckling just pop 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 i know oh my gosh he's like pop you are really bad at impressions <laughs> um oh. so his uh i want to ask you about i have some thoughts some, uh, problems with okay. his like uh showdown at the the club with the rest of the group and Ted's insistence that he was not going to get involved in defending Nate from the other players who picked on him. Ah. 
I get it that they're teammates and like it is different when the coach or teacher or whatever does it than when your classmate or teammate is defending you. But it's still Nate not sticking up for himself. True. And I'm with you, but I think Nate hasn't come far enough on his journey to be able to stick up for himself yet. But I like, because especially because, like, Roy's the captain. He's the oldest one on the team. You know, he's kind of just got that, I don't want to, I mean, it's not like a fatherly figure. That's, like, a bad way to put it. But kind of, you know, like, that mentor, that, like, wiser, been there, done that, like, older kind of person. Um, which we'll get more of that relationship in the next episode, I think. Um, yeah, it is odd because it is very much a... With almost everybody on the team, it's like, I don't like this guy because he's an ass, but I really want him to respect and appreciate me. Like, we don't have to necessarily like each other, but I do want his approval. Yeah, and I think it's because they all respect him as a player. Because, like I said, like he's kind of been there, done that. He's a great player. Yeah. He's He's been in the same place that all of them have been in. So I th- especially as the captain, I think it makes sense for him to, quote, get his team in line. And I don't think that's something that a coach can really do. I mean, especially like there's just there's just like a different bond between like the captain of the team because you're still a part of the team. So there's like that camaraderie and you're it's more like peer to peer. Whereas like, again, like if the coach is coming in, it's like, you know, the the teacher figure, the boss yeah, figure, parental, like or, yeah, the, the man, if you will. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like the the person that is kind of like, OK, cut it out. Like you've got to stop now and like putting your foot down like authority figure. And like not everybody really responds to that and especially not these type of people like in athletes, like high performing athletes, I just, this is just kind of like how they are. Like, you know, they, they, they tease each other, they, they pick on each other and it, it's just kind of the locker, the way of like the locker room. There's always got to be that like lowest man on the totem pole that they're all going to take it out on and right, wrong or indifferent, you know, someone that's in that locker room needs to step up if that person is not capable of like stepping up for themselves, otherwise it's just not going to work in my opinion. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I get that. Uh, that, that, yeah, that makes a little more sense. I, I, if I'm sure I've said this before, but if anybody listening doesn't know, I've never played team sports. So, and I did. <laughs> so I don't have that experience. I mean, I do have the you know, coworker experience of like, yeah, our boss is a real dipshit, right? Like, Same you thing. know, uh, but it, it's a even though you are a team at work like it it's not that same kind of camaraderie like some places i'm sure it is but it depends it, it, most of the jobs i've had it's not been like that kind of camaraderie it's just more of like yeah you know, whatever we got to do to get through the day like literally our our goal at work is just to get mm-hmm. to when the hell we get to go home and your goal in a team sport is not that you know you're not looking to really i mean you want to go home but that's not what you're looking for you're looking to to reach that next pinnacle and you can only do it together exactly you know, which is something 
Jamie. You know, that's the journey that Jamie is on. Um, who gets not like some really good moments in this episode, but not a ton of screen time, which I guess is fair because we had a lot of Jamie in the first two episodes. Um, it's a it's a lot of Keely in this, which is great because she is. I think we talked about this in the first episode where when she first stepped on this scene, I was like, I don't, I'm not going to like this character. Uh, and then I it just, <laughs> you come around so much. Um, and I think this is kind of the beginning of that, you know, her, her, her little, uh, com- not confrontation, but talk with Ted. And then by the end, I mean, there's a lot of foreshadowing in that <laughs> scene with her and Roy in the club. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we won't talk spoilers, but there is a lot of foreshadowing for a lot of things in this episode. I mean, you you notice it more the more you've seen as you're going back. Like you you pick up all the little things that you obviously don't just don't know like on your first watch through. So if anybody is on their first watch through and you're listening to this, uh, definitely go back and. Go back and rewatch it. You'll pick up all these little things that we keep alluding yeah, to. <laughs> I think it definitely, it, it's one of the few uh, comedy shows. And one of the few shows, I think, in general, that um, whether they're either planting this stuff, knowing where it's going to go, or they're just uh, really great at building off of things that seem very uh, by the wayside when when you first see them. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, a good one that's not really spoilery at all, but is Roy's cursing around the kids <laughs> like <laughs> that becomes a, not a major plot point, but it firmly becomes a plot <laughs> in a future episode of like mm-hmm. <laughs> your niece <laughs> is saying fuck and like wanker and like it's just all of these things. <laughs> In class, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know where she got that from." I'm like, really, dude? <laughs> I think I think you always ask me what my favorite quote is. I think Roy just deadpanning, <gasps> "Let's go have a proper fuck about," is yeah. like my favorite thing. Oh, and just uh, um, it, I wish that this was more of a running joke, but it seems to really only happen in I, I think in the. Uh, pilot and in this episode is people getting Ted's name wrong <laughs> because oh, he calls yeah. him Ed Lasso when he I introduces know. him. I know. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know that I picked up on that the first time around, but I definitely caught it when I last rewatched it, and I was like, "Oh, he got it wrong. <laughs> was that intentional? I don't know." <laughs> I I wish it had become a running joke, but I guess that it kind of like loses its luster mm-hmm. because. Eventually, the the team's so important, you should know the head coach's name. <laughs> so. I know, yeah. Well, but I mean, that goes back to the whole, like, re- like respect thing and, like, the whole coach thing and, like, his position. Also, keep in mind, another reason not to be, like, meddling about in, like, the locker room is because he's brand new and he knows nothing about the sport, so they already don't respect him at all. Yeah. So he's only going to make that situation ten times worse by inserting himself into it. Just another take on that one. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the books? Oh, okay. I loved the books. I didn't get a chance to to like screen cap enough of the titles, but the 
the two I remember, well, because we get the most time with Roy's book. Um, and we, we will see it again. Uh, and so, and I just, I loved, I love the idea of the books that he like has individually handpicked all these books to give these people to teach them a lesson. <laughs> and I love, I don't, I think Jamie throws this away, but I love that his was, was it called the damned and the beautiful or something? Yeah. Like that? <laughs> I have no idea what that book is about or if it's even a real book, <laughs> but, uh, it just seemed incredibly appropriate. <laughs> Let's see. It's, uh, the beautiful and the damned. The beautiful and the damned. There we go. Is that is that a real book? F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yes. Oh. It is uh, a 1922 novel. Uh, follows a young artist and his flapper wife who become wrecked on the shoals of dissipation while excessively partying at the dawn of the hedonistic jazz age. Yeah, that sounds like Jamie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It also sounds like it, like F. Scott Fitzgerald's life. <laughs> like, that, uh, yeah, that dude, that's all he and his wife did. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's all he wrote about. I mean, that's also <laughs> coincidentally the plot of The Great Gatsby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and bro, what else did he write? I don't even know. This is not a F. Scott um, Fitzgerald podcast, but I, I mean, feel like... <laughs> it gun to my head if you were like, what did F. Scott Fitzgerald write? I'd be like, uh, The Great Gatsby, because <laughs> that's the one that everybody gets forced to read in high school. Exactly. <laughs> Name. I couldn't um, couldn't have told you that he wrote anything else, including this novel that we just discovered. He's the author of. <laughs> so the the one that uh, really kind of bugs me, and I don't know what book. I assume it's probably Ender's Game. Yes. But, okay. Ender's Game. It was one of the books. So, I love Ender's Game. I know a lot of people love that book and I've never read it. I did see the movie and I thought it was just, uh, um, I know that Orson Scott card was like huge sci-fi writer for a really long time. And then <laughs> much, much like, uh, a, another, uh, huge recent writer, or, you know, in the last 30 years or so writer, uh, started opening his mouth about things that he probably just should have shut up about. Um, <laughs> his opinions definitely didn't need to be known by everyone. And like, it tainted me on wanting to read any of that stuff. Um, like he just, I, I don't know. It, it, That's fair. I read them when I was younger, so I, I didn't have that, uh, to 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 taint it. I have not gone back to reread them, but I mean, Ender's Game is all is kind of all about. Well, it's been a while since I've read it. It has a lot to do with like the whole point of it. It has to do with like strategy and tactics and right. them trying to basically take down this alien race. But then he like is able to connect with the alien race, and it's it's like a whole thing of basically like seeing. Like, like seeing others for what they are, not as the enemy, but you've just been fighting them for so long, you can only see them like as an enemy. But then it's like, it's like fighting in the middle of like World War II, and you're on the ally side, and you're fighting against the Nazis, and that. But then you like sit down and have lunch with one of the soldiers and realize he's kind of just a guy, just caught up in all of this. And but then, but you, but he's your enemy, like at the same time. And, Kind of like that. Yeah. And so since I've never read the book, I guess spoilers for Ender's Game. But from what I remember of the movie, 
like the the ideas that these kids think that they're training right but they're not they're actually they're fighting fighting the war right okay and ender is the secret weapon and he was genetically engineered to to be it (laughs) i don't think the movie fully develops that idea out it doesn't but but it's a big part of the books it's a big deal in the beginning okay. of the books. Yeah, because it's a big deal that his that because he's the third child. And that's a huge deal because it, at that point in our society, you're not allowed to have more than two children. Ah, OK. Um, yeah, I, it's such a shame. I, like I did the same thing with um, Harry Potter. Like now I'm like, I can't I don't want to read those books. <laughs> but like they leave. <laughs> but I love I Harry Potter. <laughs> I, I I love the movies so much, and like I can still kind of watch the movies, but like I just see so much about J.K. Rowling now. I'm just like I don't want to pay her any money. Like and not that she's not entitled to her opinions, but like just shut up. <laughs> I know, I know. And see, this is why I just don't read the news, and then I can yeah. still enjoy my beloved childhood books. <laughs> That's why I should have never gotten on Twitter because I find out all this stuff and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to read that now. I used to really like Woody Allen movies, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. Like, oh, I can't. I don't. <laughs> now I feel conflicted. <laughs> or Kevin Spacey. Yeah, it's all the same. same. Um, anyway. Yeah, I used to think Kevin Spacey was like, man, he's like one of the best actors ever. And he was. there's so many movies you can go watch and be like, Damn, Kevin Spacey's killing it. But like now, I'm just like, uh, uh, Brian Singer, that director. Yeah. It's just like, God, man, X Men Two is like one of my favorite movies <laughs> ever, and like I have such a hard time revisiting it now that it just, you know, you should. Uh, God, I just, know it does. It does taint stuff. It 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 does. You just kind of have to try not to think about it if you really want to enjoy it. But yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent, but like I okay. all, every time I watch this episode, I'm like, oh, Orson Scott Card's name is so big. I'm just like, is it, like I wonder, is that? Uh, I'm, I always think, is that an appropriate book to give to a dude who's coming from like such a uh, like impoverished place? Yeah, um, I know. But like, I mean, but like the story. Is still the story, and everybody I know that's ever read it, uh, including uh, Spencer, my best friend in the world, who's like, yeah, Orson Scott Card's a dick, man. But like, I read that book, and like, when we get when you get to the reveal, and he's like, I wanted to throw it across the room, man. It's like, mm-hmm. what? The, like, it was like eye-opening and infuriating, and just you know, so well written. And, I, you know, maybe one day I can let all that go. But, uh, yeah, I'd be really interested to know the rest of the books. Because those are the only three we really get to see, right? Yeah. I think so. Uh, that's why I was saying I, I wish I had, like... I tried to of... look up a list, and I, the only answers I got was uh, Orson's Got Card Book, uh, which I assumed was Ender's Game. It was and, Ender's Game. Yeah, The Damned and the Beautiful, or The Beautiful and the Damned, and A Wrinkle in Time, which I've actually read A Wrinkle in Time. It's been a very long time, but I have read that book, and I did love it at the time. Um, 
I haven't read it, but I, I do I do want to go back and read it, especially after Roy's reaction. He's like, are you saying I'm the little girl? And he's like, if you need to be or something like that, whatever you need. I'd like you to be. Is. There we go. I'd like you to be, yeah. <laughs> Reading it to his niece and then he's like, fuck. He says fuck better than, like, I, I, maybe anybody at this point. Like, I love the way he says it. He's like, a proper Brit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like essential learning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it just, you know, there's so much in the way he's saying that. It's the same word every time, but the way he's saying it tells you everything you need to know. It is a shockingly versatile word, depending on how you say it. Yeah. I mean, it. I, <laughs> I say it a lot, unfortunately. I am, I am the redneck southern uh, trailer trash version of Roy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've had I've had to I've had to cut back in um recent years, you know, having kids around. I have to be careful. But I played soccer with a lot of Brits and I've had a lot of British friends over the years. And... I've I've always wondered that about like especially in school sports, do people do, do like the adults not like they just like we don't hear anything. Like, unless it's extremely <laughs> inappropriate, we're just not going to hear it, you know? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I'm trying to remember, like, when I was still in school, I don't feel like we were super potty-mouthed, but it's also, you know, women's sports. So it's a little different sometimes, I feel like. Different expectations, um, especially when I was in high school, but. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's what I get for not playing team sports. I, but, I was yeah. foul mouth. I probably would have been, um, I, would it be in, in football or soccer carded, I guess, for my unsportsmanlike <laughs> rants. You, yeah, depending on who it's directed at. Yeah, you can, you can get carded for that. <laughs> oh, I, I love to curse out the refs when I'm watching football at home. Oh, so. yeah. You'd be carded for that. <laughs> um, that that's always my th like. I don't unless your name is Tom Brady. I generally don't hurl obscenities at players. Um, I hate him. I hope he's done. Uh, oh dear. <laughs> I don't wish him dead. I just hope he's done. <laughs> I'm tired of seeing him. Um, I get but, that. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of obscenities at the refs. So I'd probably be uh, carded and ejected. Although <laughs> that's kind of on a weird tangent, but. I, I can't remember it's somewhere in South America and it's only for like this regional uh, football uh, group or whatever. They've instituted a white card, which oh. is to show extreme like sportsmanship, like the opposite of unsportsmanship. Um, and it was just used for the first time. Last week, I think, uh, some player went down on the field and the medical staff from both sides came to tend to him and the ref held up a, a white card. It's supposed to, like, foster a more, like, uh, a, a less violent, I guess, environment. <laughs> Interesting. More, more friendly competitive. Um, hmm. You know, it's not, obviously, it's not at large but like i i was reading about soccer slash football this past weekend and i saw that and i was like what's a white card 
I've so, never heard of that. Interesting. Yeah, it's apparently just a thing that I guess it matches whether I want to say it's somewhere in South America. I'm not going to pretend. I could be wrong. Um, but I guess they get so uh, violent and just huh. like terrible with the opposing teams and fans and whatnot that they're like, we have to do something to like promote a healthier competitive spirit and not just like, Oh yeah, fuck you. I'm going to come over there and stick a cleat in your thigh or something like that. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> anyway, if anybody wants to Google it, uh, I think the only other thing in the episode is the Indian restaurant that we haven't really talked about. Yes. I've, I've never had Indian food And after watching this episode I'm like okay I've made the smart choice I'm never going to have Indian food (laughs) It's very very hot You have to know what to order Otherwise um, It's very 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 hot (laughs) Yeah Even the mild dishes (laughs) Are like super spicy by American standards Because I've tried a mild dish And I don't mind spicy and it was delicious, but extremely spicy. And it was the quote, mild dish. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, I, I I cannot do, I used to be able to do like just hot wings, like mm, basic mm-hmm. hot wings. But now I'm at a point where like, I can't even do that. I bought, um, I was at uh, the grocery store the other day, Publix, I think. And I passed by the chip aisle and they had these new, uh, Frito flavors. It's like queso Fritos. And mm. I'm such a chip person. Any new flavor chip, I'm just like, ooh, I want to try that. So <laughs> I picked them up, bought them, brought them home, opened them, ate three of them, closed the bag and put it back. I'm like, mm, no, this is too spicy. <laughs> like, oh, it's, no. My tongue was on fire. And my niece is like, these are good. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> I can't do that. So, yeah, I am not a spicy person. And so anytime anybody suggests, uh, what about Indian food? I'm like, "Mm, I'll go. Not going to eat. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, there's not really anything that spicy in an Indian restaurant. It's all good, but it's uh, it's hot. (laughs) Um, So what was your favorite uh, favorite joke in the episode? Do you have one? Oh. There's so many good there's so many good lines throughout this entire episode. I feel like this what this is an episode full of like really great lines, but not necessarily great like what we consider jokes. Jokes. I agree. There were there's many what I would say like quotables, you know what I mean? So many just great lines, especially from Ted. He has a lot of really good <laughs> ones, but they're not really like super funny. Like <laughs> It's 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 out of context. They're not funny at all. Illinois is a state, gentlemen. Fucking <laughs> floors like every time. I'm just like the way he delivers is so funny, but like out of context, it doesn't mean anything. It's not a joke. <laughs> no. Oh man, I don't know. I I do I do I do like. Roy's Roy's uh, insistence in front of the children that they need to have a go uh, go have a proper fuck about as as yeah. like as like playing soccer or scrimmaging or whatever it is he's doing with them. I I thought that that was hysterical. I was like that that's just funny. That's just like such a British term, like to <laughs> to to speak about stuff. The, I don't know. Them dancing so was them dancing was pretty funny. 
Yeah. Um, they're so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's just terrible. Um, like I said before, and I've said it in previous episodes, but Roy, like, losing his shit and, like, going off about Ted to Keeley is my <laughs> favorite. It, it, it cracks me up. So, but putting that aside, like, again, not a joke. It's a reaction to a bad joke when uh they perform uh nate's uh play what is it the false eight or something like that yeah um the decoy play uh, yeah the decoy play when they do that on the field and nate gets to see it and ted's like you know how how'd that feel nate describes it (laughs) ted very quickly goes kind of like getting your first pube and Nate agrees and it's like wait what like Nate's reaction to <laughs> to Ted's like really terrible joke I like, know. is really funny the joke isn't funny but Nate's reaction just cracks me up every freaking time um but yeah the the pow 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 pa, that that Oh my god! If I'm having a bad day, I could just watch that scene, <laughs> and it's just everything's better. Everything's better. Oh, it's such a terrible like. It is such a terrible impression. <laughs> and then Keely's like, I bet I could get one. It's not riled up, but like she's, I get frustrated. Like, I, and he's like, No, you can't. I'm telling you, I'm not easily. And like, <laughs> she just gets him into this like whirlwind. Uh, and when uh, she's like, he says, and I've got to defend Nate, who I don't, I don't even know his last name. And she says, it's like something. And he goes, no, it's actually this. And she's like, yeah, I know. See, you know his last name. Like, you want to pretend you're this person. And, like, you're really not. <laughs> yes. I know. I loved, I loved every bit of that down to her impression of him. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Oh, uh, another, uh, again, not a joke, but after the decoy play, uh, when Jamie's like, I, you know, he's bitching about it. Like, you know, he's, he's like, and was that supposed to be funny? And <laughs> Brad Goldstein's like, I, I, I think it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> I used to, I used oh, yeah. to think Step Brothers was, was, was funniest. Now, now I have to reevaluate my whole comedy timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yes um, which is really funny because if you go listen to uh his podcast uh that i mentioned before uh films to be buried with yes a freaking stepbrothers comes up all the time does it <laughs> yeah like every four or five episodes they'll get on a like a tangent whoever he's talking to about funny movies and they're like oh my god have you ever seen step brothers <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, I guess i need to go rewatch step brothers because I, I i thought it was funny when i saw it but i didn't think it was like the pinnacle of comedy <laughs> like apparently a I, lot of people do <laughs> no i'm with you it's a funny movie but it's i, I would put other things above that i would put Hell, I'd put old school above that or like Wedding Crashers or I don't know. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of comedies I would put above Step Brothers for sure. It's funny, Um, but it's not that. Yeah, it's funny because I really, really like 
where Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, but like some of like especially those movies, I don't know. I just feel like oftentimes they go too far. I'm just like such a weird premise. Yeah, and and like they take things just like one step too far. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh. All right, so we talked about some of the foreshadowing stuff, and there's so much in this episode, like little things that you don't see until you know, like, the full scope of everything, like Beard being tired at the beginning of the episode. He's like, what time did you get home last night? He's like, I didn't. Didn't, yeah. You know, like, it's weird to say that that's foreshadowing, but, like, really... But it is. It, yeah. Like, it, it, and we still don't know enough about, like, what this dude does when he's not, you know, on the field or with the team. <laughs> like, we only have that one glimpse in that one episode. I was going like, to say, but if you wanted to know, don't worry. You'll get an it, entire night. <laughs> yeah. But if that's what his his life is like, like, holy shit, man. Um, no wonder he's always tired. Yeah. And <laughs> never in his own bed. <laughs> Um, it, like he even mentions chess. You know, he's like, I thought you ran mm-hmm. track. He's like, no, chess club, baby. Um, so like, a, and that comes up, you know, when we get into his in like Jane's relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, the other foreshadow relationships, Roy and Keeley. Like, I mean, you can see that switch flipped at the end of the episode. When yeah. she sees what Roy does, when he's like Keely, oh, like yeah. you could see it. Oh, like she is such a good actress, man. Oh, I um, loved that scene. I was yeah. like, <laughs> oh, he has another <laughs> great line in there about his eyesight. <laughs> yes, I don't know which one of you I butted, but I don't see so well in the dark anymore. <laughs> but all of you, stop fucking with me. <laughs> I love Roy. Um, I love Fred Goldstein. It's so funny. It, it's uh, I was I, uh, some I think somebody tweeted him something about his walk as Roy. Oh yeah. And he's like, yeah, like that. That's not the way I walk. That is an affectation, like for Roy. Like the dude, like he barely moves his arms when he walks, but but like it's so purposefully the way he moves them like they're very they're not loose at all <laughs> you know Mm-mm. and no. somehow he's like hold like kind of it's kind of like a john wayne kind of walk but he does move his hips but like his legs are like so like somehow he makes his hips farther apart i don't know how he does that <laughs> yeah it's it's like i mean it's a pretty good strut i'm not not gonna lie like it's it's impressive. I, I yeah. I it's very unique. <laughs> that is for sure. It's like I don't know how he does it. It's like he's got like his shoulders back. It's almost like he's leaning back, but he's not leaning back, and like he barely moves, but he like commands the room at the same time. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it, it is. It is a impressive acting job that I did not realize was so impressive until I like dove into like who he is in real life. I'm like, oh, no, shit, this guy is, like, killing it, man. Like, <laughs> it, it is insane. I mean, Jason Sudeikis is, is great, but, like, he is playing playing kind of a caricature. 
Yeah. You know? And whereas like Brett Goldstein seems to be just playing like he's channeling some person <laughs> that, that like existed forever and a day ago. Cause like it's a totally different person. Um that's so funny. I mean, just the brief I've listened to a couple episodes of his podcast and just even like his that's just like the way he normally speaks compared to like his yeah. character of Roy is just, it's very different. He's so nice and charming and yes. like very like, uh, um, yeah, it, I, I don't want to say not British, but it's it's more like he's <laughs> Canadian. Cause he's just so friendly to all the people. Like there's not a lot of like cynicism or like, it, it just seems a very genuine person. And uh, kind of like Ted Lasso. And yeah. like, if this is Roy Kent, he's here, he's there, he's every fucking where. Like, Roy Kent. Roy Kent. Um, <laughs> That's coming. Oh, God. Yeah. And uh, that, it's my favorite. It's my favorite soccer chant. Um, <laughs> so, right. uh, tons of Nate stuff in this episode. Oh, God. Um, just the beginning of it's the beginning, the, the build up of Nate, which mm-hmm. ultimately leads to the betrayal of Nate, um, mm-hmm. it, it just makes it so much sadder. Like you said, watching this poor kid who has spent probably most of his life, like when we meet his parents, it's like he's just spent so much of his life, like just feeling like he wasn't good enough to even be thought about yeah you know and here's somebody saying no you're one of us you're part of the team um and him trying to like start to step into that role uh yeah I mean, he, yeah he trusts his input he he values his input i mean he sees him whereas most people look past him so yeah it's yeah oh. so Freaking sad. Um, Such a gut punch. The last one I wanted to... I hate to bring it up, but we're not going to get to talk about it until so far into season two. Um, (laughs) Okay. And it's not something I noticed until probably like my third rewatch. All right, so super spoilers right now. Yeah, yeah. so when Ted introduces Trent to the guy, the taxi cab driver in uh, the Ollie. first episode. Yeah, Ollie. I could thank you. I could not remember his name. He says, congratulations, you both just met a cool person. In season two, when uh, Sam is being wooed away from the team. Mm-hmm. By uh, yeah, that guy, that guy, yeah, can't remember his name. We'll get there. He introduces Sam to somebody and he says the exact same thing. Fascinating. He says, Congratulations, you just you both just met a cool person. And the way that relationship goes with him and Sam, and it like everything that happens, it's such a weird, like. Uh, dichotomy of like who Ted is and who that guy is because that guy is trying to be Ted 
He's yeah. pretending to be Ted. But, yeah, but he's, like, he's not. He's not, you know? And it, it just, like, it further solidified like who Ted Lasso is as a person, like, how genuine, like, because he means that. It's not a platitude. That, like, he's not trying to win. Like, I mean, he was trying to win you to his side, but it, it's not about getting something from you. Right. It's about helping you be better. Yeah, exactly. He is trying, he genuinely tries to make people better people, whereas this other character is just in it for himself. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I was so fascinated by the fact that both of them use that saying. And yeah, they're, interesting. It, it becomes such an opposite relationship, you know. It does, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's weird to call that spoilery, or but like when we eventually get there, we can like further go into it. But I was just like, oh damn, like they both use that. Yeah, that's definitely not something I, I've only watched season two through once at this point, so. Um. I, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have, I would, did not pick up on that, but that is super interesting. And that's a turn, like in that, in that episode, when all of that shit goes sideways, I was like, oh yeah, what? Right? <laughs> What's happening? That escalated quickly, is what I thought. <laughs> um, was there anything that you noticed that maybe I left out? Like spoiler wise or just in yeah. general? Or um, any, yeah, anything at all. <laughs> oh, I I liked I liked the the beginning, and I, I don't know that you could really call it like foreshadowing, but the beginning of Keely and Rebecca's inevitable friendship. Yeah, no, I, I no, I think that's fair to call it foreshadowing, um, because the last episode, <laughs> Keely, very much terrified her how terrified she was of Rebecca. <laughs> Yeah, and then she says, the pops down on her couch this episode and goes, I've decided not to be afraid of you. And she, Rebecca's like, wait, what? <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, I was fucking terrified of you or whatever she says. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, it, Re- Rebecca's such a fascinating character because she literally starts out the show wanting nothing from any of these people, like, mm-hmm. including don't talk to me. <laughs> like, yeah. And you know, winds up finding uh, a best friend, um, you know, a a confidant, uh, just so many different things. Um, like it's it's in season two, right? When they go on the date, and uh, Roy's just yes. quiet. The whole he's like, "Don't you dare settle for fine!" Like it. That's such a good episode. Um, yeah, her Aww. and Keely's relationship is so so much so much fun and just so important to who both of those characters become it is yeah because um, i mean at this point we're still you know we're still seeing rebecca as, as the villain you know and she's kind of still acting that way she's still trying to take down ted still trying to make him fail <laughs> yeah i love her her assessment and it's like you know what the problem is and she even recognizes she's like Everybody seems to want to get behind him, like including yep. me to a degree. So yep. like I have to turn 
the fans again and then it just blows up in her face because the prick <laughs> reporter that she's like if anybody can do it this guy can do it gets on board and it's like you know what i'm not gonna be happy when they lose and this guy is fired mm-hmm. because it's hard not to want him to succeed with like his way of doing things you know like yeah. this should be the right way This should be the successful way It is the right way It's just not always the successful way Exactly Um, So uh, Yeah It's it's such a good episode Such a good Brett Goldstein episode Um, I didn't want to take Like two minutes and tell you I did finish Superman and Lois Did you? Damn, it's good. And we were I don't know if you I'm I don't know if you saw. I'm sure you saw. They they cast Lex Luthor for season three. So uh that's excites me. I like the dude that they got. Um I didn't love him in The Walking Dead, but like I didn't really love that show after season one. So I don't know why I watched it for ten more years, but I did. So We've all yeah. been there. We've all yep. been there. Still watching the flash. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see how it ends. Um, but yeah, I I anybody that, that's looking for a superhero show that doesn't suck like through and through, I I think <laughs> even when they're doing the thing that all superhero shows do, yeah. it, it it's just different and it's special and um it's I'm special. I'm sure that this is probably gonna be its last season. I think um, so too, unfortunately. With yeah, everything they, that's happened. Yeah, Titans is done now. Uh, yeah. not well, they got six more episodes, but Doom Patrol is done yeah. when they aired their last six episodes. Um, which ap- apparently was not it was already on the slate. Like um and and probably with Lois uh, Superman and Lois, it's probably gonna have a lot to do with their relationship with the CW because they really Decided to like pull back from all of that, right? Warner Brothers. Uh, uh, yeah, they had they had gone more over to the CW camp than after after the first season, but I, I, I mean, but that was kind of the same with Stargirl, but that still got canceled anyway. Yeah. So and it had ties into the the DCEU. So I don't know. I I don't I don't have high hopes. It, it's a fantastic show. I think it's very well written, very well acted, uh, well cast. I mean, there's got so much going for it. But unfortunately, I think it's just going to become a victim of the situation, which is yeah. really, really sad. So I uh, <laughs> funny kind of funny story. You'll you'll appreciate it. <laughs> I, I had to go have a bunch of work done on my car this week. Ah. Um, it sucked. I spent like seventeen hundred dollars. Um, but the I took it to the dealership, dropped it off. And I was wearing a uh, Star Wars Star Wars hoodie, mm-hmm. and the dude starts talking to me about Star Wars. He's a little bit younger than me, and somehow it turns into this like nerdy conversation about superheroes and everything. I'm like, yeah, I'm into all that stuff, man. And he starts asking me the shows do I watch. And he was like, they've all just gone on too far. He's like, except Legends of Tomorrow, man. That was the best <laughs> one they had. And they canceled it. We didn't even get an ending. I was like, man, have I got a podcast for you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Come on over. Listen to all our back episodes because we're not doing any more of them, sadly. <laughs> I was oh. like, I, I know, I know a group of people who who are very like minded, me included. You should check out this <laughs> podcast, man. <laughs> nice. Uh, oh. yeah, well, if he I, ever I, makes his way back over here, then uh, thanks, thanks for listening. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, figured you'd appreciate that. Um, but uh, yes. Yeah, go, I guess that's it. Go check out everything else uh, we're doing on the site over at xwingfiles.com. There's Star Wars stuff. There's this. There's me and my buddy Adam uh, just nerding out about various things every week on Nerd You and everything. We're going to be talking about uh, uh, Shrinking, the new show from the guys that created Ted Lasso, premiered this week. Very, very good. Two episodes, half hour dramedy i guess is a good way to put it um funny harrison ford playing the even older gruffier asshole (laughs) (laughs) so um you you really can't beat gruff grumpy harrison ford so it's it's, like he's typecast or something yeah i mean (laughs) there's a girl in the show who does an impression of him to him and it, it is very much like the scene where Keeley does Roy. <laughs> um, but like Harrison Ford is always just playing Harrison Ford. So literally you're yeah. just mocking the man yeah. with yeah. his own behavior. And yeah. It's so funny. It's hilarious. Oh, um, such a curmudgeon. Yeah. Go check all that out. Xwingfiles.com. Go rate and review us on iTunes. And Jess has her show. I'll let her plug it. Yeah, if you're looking for more of me, you can go over to Tomorrow's Legends and you can listen to us. Well, you can listen to past us (laughs) talk about Legends of Tomorrow and Stargirl, because sadly those have both been axed. If you're up on Superman and Lois, uh, come check us out starting in March for season three. Uh, My co-hosts are also going to be covering the final season of the flash because i'm essentially hate watching it i have bowed out so you will not i was have about to, to say you're, to you're not uh, you're not joining them <laughs> no i actually they said we're gonna cover the flash and i said i'm out and they're like seriously i was like yeah seriously i don't want a podcast about this and then we're gonna be having like two podcasts going just with them at once and if the other podcast i, I love doing it and it's a lot of fun and i love my co-host but it is a bit more work than like you and me just sort of like sitting down hanging out and talking Ted Lasso for an hour or so. <laughs> so yeah, um I I don't know if I could podcast about a show that I'm hate watching. Like it, it, especially yeah. if other people are trying to enjoy it. Like it's just it would have and been I've, like back in the day starting a show, me and Ryan starting a podcast about Gotham. Or, uh, I mean, we could have because we used to talk on the phone for an hour about how much we hated things about that show. But like, who the hell wants to listen to that? You know, that's the thing. And that's why I just stepped back because honestly, I've gotten on one of my co-hosts before being like, OK, like you're really down on this. Like, it kind of sounds like, why are you even still watching it? And he's like, but I love this show. And I'm like. Really? You could have fooled me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean. So I decided tw- not to do it. <laughs> yeah, there's so many things I watched that I'm just, I stopped enjoying so long ago. But, like, I, I can't imagine, like, podcasting about them. And, and, like, it would just, it would feel super shitty, man. Like, Yeah. 
I know. Trying I mean, to dig out something that I liked about the episodes. I know. And I, I've listened to podcasts where the hosts, they're like continuing to cover it because they have to, but they hate it. And I'm like listening to the podcast because I've listened to it for so long. It's like, just like I have to finish the show, I have to finish the damn podcast. But like, I hate listening to them. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I hate listening. Like, this legit makes no sense. They're hate watching. I hate listening. Like, what the hell are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) So I've always told myself, if it gets to that point, I'm just, I'm out. (laughs) I got to be out. Are you going to watch the show, though? Yes, I have to see how it ends. I have absolutely no desire to do a podcast the way that we do our podcast, I that's it's too much work for a show that I'm probably not even going to watch in real time. So, <laughs> <laughs> see, that's when I'd be like, you know what? I'm not going to watch the episode. I'm going to come on the podcast. I'm going to listen to y'all talk about the episode, and I'm just going to chime in with what I think about what you're saying, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll watch the episode after. Yeah, uh, I don't know, maybe. Um. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's just me. I, I'm I'm bad about trolling. <laughs> I'm terrible. Well, um, then you control the pod, my podcast for me. <laughs> uh, I mean, Ryan and I did a whole Mister Robot episode where we all we, all it was was to troll one dude who left us a negative review. <laughs> I remember that episode. Oh my god, it still like stands out in my mind. <laughs> Best way to handle a one-star review ever. I'll never forget. I'm like, dude, listen to this review. He was like, oh, okay. I'm like, I have this idea. And he was like, that's dumb. I'm like, just go with me. (laughs) (laughs) I got a kick out of it for the record. (laughs) (laughs) One listener enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) Cut up all this footage of Ed Snowden answering questions that we didn't even ask him. (laughs) I thought it was pretty funny. Ed Snowden was on the podcast, man. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Two hicks from Georgia. Yeah, let me contact this dude <laughs> in Russia to get him on our podcast. It was uh, pretty funny. Um, yeah, I should, I should really dig that up, man. Um, <laughs> anyway, I don't, I don't remember what episode that even would have been, but that was. It really was in funny. the. It was in the. It was after the end of the first season, so it would have been between season one and two. Okay. Uh, um anyway yeah uh those are all online somewhere i think i put them up on the patreon uh it's just free like it's not even you don't even <laughs> have there. To pay, yeah you don't have to pay to listen to them i just dumped them all on a patreon so that people would have access to them uh, anyway yeah you can google that um <laughs> we'll be back <laughs> next week talking uh more ted lasso gonna be a lot of rebecca talk next week i feel like because mm-hmm. it's a big Rebecca moment and I'm excited to talk about how this person that we know isn't really a villain but we've only been seeing as a villain it's like her origin story man I know I love this episode me too I'm so excited to talk about this episode so uh, we'll see you guys then bye I didn't come up with a sign off Yeah, I was waiting for you to do it, and then you didn't, so I was caught off guard, so I didn't want to do Uh, it. Yeah. It feels weird to say the same thing that I said last week, but I don't know. Maybe it's just thanks for coming to our TED Talk. I don't know. (laughs) That's pretty funny. I had a a different one ready to go, but now I'm not remembering the quote properly. Whenever, like, Higgins is like, 
just remember, these aren't my words. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. That's and a good moment. Till next time, just remember, these aren't my words. I forget when she's like, uh, he's like, I'm not a spy. Yes. <laughs> I'm a, a football, whatever. She's like, yeah, you're equally good at both. And he's like, thank you. Wait. <laughs> that wasn't a compliment. <laughs> <laughs>